I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. What traits do successful companies have in common? Well, Chris had the privilege to ask Damon John, Shark Tank host, investor, and CEO of FUBU, this exact question. So take a listen and take notes. So when you think about your portfolio and all these companies, you know, there's some like Bombas that have scaled dramatically and there's others that maybe have maintained a great lifestyle business and have provided for their family. Sure. So is there is there a, a theme for the ones that really tend to take off that have, you know, 10, 50, 100 people? Yeah, the ones that tend to take off are not egotistical. They're servant leaders. They serve their staff. They serve their customers. They serve the market. They take actionable steps, they act, learn, and then they repeat, and they see where did we learn from what went on. They allow their team to be people who are they hired to be, to lead. Um, you know, uh, they keep educating themselves on where the market goes, and they usually laser focus on exactly what they're doing. And they know their why, why are they serving. I tend to find the ones that fail, the ones that feel, oh, the shark is gonna solve all my problems. Well, the shark can solve, solve all your problems, then food would be called Nike. Right. And by the way, this is your problem. I'm supposed to help you with it. Right. Uh, they're the ones who are egotistical. They feel that being a leader is somebody who can point to everybody and say, you get me coffee, you're hired and you're fired. When no, you're the person to offer the last to leave. You offer the last getting paid and you thank everybody for your success and blame only one person for your failure. And a lot of those are the ones that fail and they go by the wayside. The other ones are the ones that constantly take inventory. And again, uh, they, they keep serving, they keep listening to their customers. They know a, a customer complaint is still an investment in the company. Yeah, so, so the ones that are egotistical and they don't show up and they're not willing to get their hands, hands dirty, I mean, that sounds like a cultural thing, right? Like it's a, it is, a, it is the, the building blocks of culture to have an early team that shows that work ethic and, and demonstrates that. And so is there anything that you suggest in terms of building blocks of culture, intentionality of culture? Getting to know the people that work for you and what is their why, you should be able to s describe yourself in two to five words, right? Um, because it's, it's like I say, it's Apple thing different, Nike just do it, Google for us, buy us. And if you can't describe yourself in two to five words, well then you don't have a compass to, to, to take you where you're going and you also leave it up to other people to interpret. But also ask your staff what is the two to five words. You'll find people that are very passionate about charitable or social issues and they can still walk uh, and chew bubble gum at the same time and they'll bring that passion into your company. You look at some, you look at some companies like 3M or Google where they say 20% of the work you do is not supposed to be spent on anything related to this company. Hence, those people go out and work on things that are fulfilling to them. They come back and all of a sudden you find Gmail, you find Google Maps out of these people who are passionate about bringing something back to the team. So if your team is the most valuable asset you have to create a culture is to ask them, what do you want to accomplish through here? Then put it as the criteria and say, this is what our theme and this is what who we are and follow through with that. You know, it's hard to lead people if all they're listening to is from the top down. Right. Because then you and I may go, well, we're not doing that this year. And Tom is gone from here. And, you know, Susan's gone from here. We're not doing that. If it comes from within the team, they go, this is what we believe in, you know, and that, that's that's just, just what I find is consistent. And I had to learn it the hard way. I had to get better at understanding 
As I was growing my company, I didn't realize that any, every 50 people, we need a one HR person, right? After you get to 120, 150 people in the company, you stop knowing other people's names, right? I had to start learning that the hard way. And that's probably um, some of the reason why FUBU had slowed down at some point. Um, but, you know, thank God I, I was dumb enough or smart enough to figure it out after that and go, wait a minute, what am I doing here? And we started to correct that curve that was going down because of lack of culture. Yeah, culture is important. I mean, it's something you, that, that a lot of the founders I interview talk about. It's a mistake that they made. You know, I didn't think about it until we got to a certain size. I wish I had done it sooner. Is there like a cadence of check-ins or something you recommend to, to be in tune with your people and not let it slip? No, it's to know that you don't know what you don't know. And it's to go out and get the proper mentors. For somebody who is running into and opening a business, you first have a desire to feel like something's not being done correctly in the world and I can make a better mousetrap or I can transition a person from this place to this place in their life. But if you and I, we happen to get into a sports and it happens to be whatever, a more male dominated sport, when we start bringing in people of other genders, other ages, other ethnic backgrounds, we were just so busy trying to get the business together. I mean, I think that's what you've seen happen with the Ubers of the world, where it was just a boys club at first. And as it grew, you have to have people around you who are saying, are we making sure we're hacking ourselves? Are we making sure that we're serving and we look like the people that we serve? You know, if, if, I don't think Uber was, uh, was um, you know, a bunch of everybody was just white males taking Uber. I don't believe that was the case. Um, and as you started to look and see the people that, that you are serving, do you bring in the people that also can help you serve those people? And it's not only the right thing to do, but it's the most profitable thing to do. You know, the reason I exist is because the Gap ended up spending $30 million airing an ad with LL Cool J and LL wore that hat in the ad and said, Fubu, for us, buy us on the low, in the ad. Now, they're trying to hit the hip hop market, but unfortunately, they spent 30 to $40 million on a, on a, on a television show, on a, on a commercial, that they didn't pull down for five weeks because nobody in the office listened to hip hop. That's why I'm here, right? So I think their ignorance was great for me. However, for them, it, it, you know, it, it hurt at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, so again, it goes back to saying, if you're going to serve people, make sure that you look like the people you serve and always hack yourself. I know that even I can still do better. After the whole George Floyd thing happened, I, I talked to my staff and I realized that out of our 20 interns, only two of them were people of color. Why? Was it that I did not want people of the, that look like me to be an intern? No, but I was sourcing from only really uh, specialized schools and high-end schools that, of course, minorities may not have had the ability to attend that school because maybe they didn't have the funding or access to anything else. I had to improve myself. You have to constantly hack yourself. I love that. And so you, when you talked about, you know, the, the initial hacking is like trying to get rid of the job that you do in the business so you can start to spread out and focus on these other areas. A lot of people just struggle with that idea of handing things off and they maintain their task forever. Yeah. Is that something you struggled with or were you from the beginning like, what can I not do? Um, no, I never struggled with that, you know, because I realized that as I look out at companies that have 10 and 20 and 50,000 employees and they've been around for 100 years, somebody had to let go of the reins. Um, so I look at all the ones that are doing things and not the ones who are not doing things. Um, and I understand that there's the world of the Steve Jobs who are micromanagers in certain areas, but there was some way or another they figured it out to have other people help and to do things. And I know that I don't know everything. I, I believe that scalability is possible. We see it all around us. And why can't 
whoever the founder is listening to us right now, why can't that person be the scalable person? What, you think that nobody else in the world can do your job? Nobody else, really? Well, that's, that's, that's pretty hard for me to believe. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on social at Chris Ronzio on all platforms, and you can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. We'll see you next time.